What up, squad? Hopefully everybody's been well during these holidays, Thanksgiving holiday, with Christmas and New Year's approaching. Welcome to the ADAPT session, where we have intrinsic convos on mindset, exercise, and life's ever-changing experiences. With your host, Joe and... Mondo, what's up, everybody? How's it going today? How you doing, Jojo? I'm chilling, baby. I'm a little cold. Warm. Trying to stay warm? Me too, man. <laughs> Cold-blooded. You know? Okay, Jojo, I see you. Well, what do we got? What do we got in the? Uh, what do we got on the show today, sir? Well, man, uh, we got a lot to talk about on today's show, which is going to be um, several episodes, several segments. We're talking about this year, big dog. We're talking about 2020. Yo, don't, yo, don't, don't turn away. Don't turn away. <laughs> it's gonna be a good thing okay don't leave don't leave don't leave, don't leave. I, we know there's a lot of stuff that's happened this year uh you know not not too good but there's some there's some things we need to talk about and there are some pluses that we can pull out of this year there's a lot of minuses but there's a lot of pluses there's a lot of pluses too there's silver linings into everything right always and, um one of them one of the biggest silver linings of this uh, of this uh year is what you're listening to right now. Yep. The adapt session started this past, I want to say it was April when we first when we did our first when we released our first episode. During the whole lockdown, yeah. During the whole lockdown. We um but before we uh, start talking about that, we need to actually go back. We're gonna go back to roughly about a year from where we are right now. So we're filming this in the first week of December, just after Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays, because people celebrate Kwanzaa and Hanukkah yeah. and so forth. <clears throat> but this is where the tale starts. So <clears throat> actually, I would say it's more two years ago. Yeah, good point. Because when we were doing... So Joe and I would go with our friends over to the Habit and have a superfood salad and sandwiches and so forth. It was kind of a it was kind of a Friday thing, right? We, yeah, we were it was Friday. Yeah, we were we were eating healthy all week, you know, sticking to our nutrition. And Friday was kind of like, if you will, our our cheat day or our cheat meal that we would have with the other trainers in the gym. We would either go what what was it? We would go to a Mod Pizza because they just had opened it at the time. It was mostly um, it was mostly a Habit Burger. Right. So we would go there and, and that would be like our uh, post-workout meal, you know, little, little, little cheat meal, if you will, a little indulgence meal. Yeah. Quote unquote cheat meal. We still had our superfood salads. Yeah. <laughs> None of us Burgers, had a burger. We actually had like chicken sandwiches or, but we always had the salad. <clears throat> getting them calories, baby. Yeah, sure. At the time. <laughs> but it was, it was cool because we would hang out with our boys there. And sometimes my nephew would join us too. There would be all five of us, four or five of us. And at the time I was already listening to podcasts and I was like, man, you know, all this shit that we talk here, this would be an awesome podcast. So we're talking 2018 right here, you guys. And I remember bringing it up to my friends and they're looking and the only one that was responded to it or didn't completely shut it down was Joe. Hence the reason why, 
Hence the reason why he's hence the reason why he's actually uh, across from me right now. Well, at least virtually. And it was one of those um, it was one of the it was one of those things where I brought it up to them and they're like, man, I ain't gonna be talking to no people on on, on a podcast. What the hell you got me? I think one of them was like, man, you got me fucked up if you think I'm gonna be talking to them. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. I remember yeah, so, what he said too. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I mean, fuck up, man. I mean, I, I, I don't fuck with that stuff. I'm camera, live mic, yeah, I'm, I'll pass. So we're hoping that one day they'll, they'll show up and uh, make an appearance here. But that's originally how it started. It was originally going to be four to five of us in here. My nephew was like, screw that. I don't like hearing my voice. So he turned it down right away. <laughs> Um, the other two were kind of like, "No, nah, you got me fucked up with the with the uh, camera and the microphone." And Joe was just like, "What will we discuss?" He wasn't like he didn't. To Joe's credit, he didn't completely crap on it right away. <laughs> I was, I was more, I was like, debating it in my head. I just wanted to hear what you had to say yeah. about it. You know what I mean? You're like you were like, "Okay, he's not completely crazy. What what do you got on mind?" So we were starting. To, so this was still happening while I was still in college. This was just a conversation at the time. That's all it was. Conversation at the time. It was just an ideal, right? Exactly. And then a couple months later, so I'm I'm a couple months before graduation, and I'm spending the time. I'm spending the night over at his place, and I bring it up again, and he's like, "But what will we talk about?" Also, where will we find the time to actually record? So we're just trying to debate all of this, and we have no idea how to actually put the wheels in motion to actually doing a podcast. We don't know what the fuck to do. We don't have the, the equipment. We don't have, we thought that we had to have this freaking elaborate studio and we didn't know where to, <clears throat> to distribute it. So we were just unsure about that. And that's that again, there was the logic again. It was like, how are we going to actually do this? And Joe was like, I'm, I'm open to doing it. I think that that will be fun to do. But it's like, how are we going to do that? How are we going to get on all of these different platforms? Like, how do you, I don't know how to do that. That's the only question I got. I thought that these platforms had to like sponsor you somehow, or you had to pay to be distributed by them. You know, I wasn't sure exactly how it worked. So we just needed to do a little bit more research, but I was absolutely open to the idea. I just needed to have, um, I'm the kind of person I have to have like a, how, how would you put it? Like a, like a path that I have to walk. Like I have to know yeah, what too. I'm doing. I have to have some direction. It's like, it's one thing for us to say that we want to do something, but okay. We, we want to do something, but what is our plan? Like, what is our game plan to get there? Exactly. So that was something that Joe and I struggled with. Cause like, it was something like, you know what? We want to do it. And then um, the big one came around. So because we didn't know how to get distribution, we didn't know, how that worked, um, I could, the, the date is on, is fresh on my mind because it was a day before Thanksgiving. It was a day for my brother's birthday. Um, we went to someone that we know and we asked him, hey, do you mind, what do you think of us doing, a, of Joe and I doing a podcast? Um, he was- We asked him if he wanted to go in on it with us, right? Yeah, so if you could like, and they they weren't exactly um, responsive to it, and it, 
they were more like they listened to they, they listened to me but as far as like interest you could tell that they were like they were listening to me just like it was more or less like uh just finish your sentence so that way i can i can at least say that i listen to you <laughs> um, <laughs> that was more or less what it was damn and and then finally when i did when i did finish it with the what i got from them was um they're like he, he's like no because that's going to that's going to um what was the, the words he said that's go, that's going to take too much of my time i'm going to have to find a distributor for you guys that's going to so the distributor part was the biggest part right so keep in mind that was the part that was the biggest hang up because he would he would emphasize that well, well, the, you know, the, this particular person had, you know, um, to be fair, had a right to be worried about that because doing this does take a lot of yeah. models time, but we enjoy doing it. Yes. Um, you know, I try to fit it in whenever I'm not training or working on something else that I have to do. Um, so it does take a lot of time. And then just like we mentioned earlier, we, me and him both were also concerned about distribution. However, that particular person that Armando had the opportunity to talk to and ask if they wanted to join us. I wasn't there, so I don't know exactly how it went down, but that particular person, when Armando had spoken to him, um, he was more, he were more or less very pessimistic about the idea instead yeah. of, you know, saying, okay, well, if you guys can figure this and this out, then I would be more than happy to, you know, to, to go in on it with you guys and, and come in when you guys need me, you know, but instead of, instead of being that way, I guess he may have thought that he needed to do everything and yeah. we were just going to, you know, be on the side. You know, he, he may have misunderstood what you were saying or maybe didn't take the time to try to understand, but that's what happened. Yeah, he and, interpreted it a different way. Yeah. And um, just, and also on a side note, just so when Joe says we try to fit it in right now, it's, it's, we're doing this in the early morning. So it's a, uh, Pretty, so we try to fit it in wherever we can. Sometimes we'll do meet, we'll do meetings in the late hours or early hours in the morning. Mm -hmm. I call it that way, just because we want to make sure that we have a quality show. You know, it's uh. But back to the conversation. So we're in his office, and this person that we're we're talking to, he's very busy, and he ha he's never in one place for too long. He's running around everywhere like the Energizer Bunny, trying to get a lot of stuff yeah. done. Yeah, he, he's, he's literally in one room one second, one room in the next. And he, he's having me follow him around and he's giving me all these reasons as to why he can't do it. So uh, one of them was that he was going to have to listen to the episode to make sure that we were on topic. The second one was that he wasn't sure. Um, he would have had to approve everything. So he gave those two reasons. And the third one was like, and then I had to find a good distribution. You have any idea how hard it is to find distribution? That like we had to find all of it. That's the hardest, like that's gonna be impossible. That's gonna be on me to find it. And he was very pessimistic about it. So it was in some ways it was it was her it, it, it kind of like oh man, that's kind of like crushing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, um I wanna say that that was the best rejection we ever gotten. You know. If, if I may, um, 
it kind of seemed like, again, I wasn't there, so I don't know exactly, you know, what, what was said and what was not, but from what Armando tells me. You figure into the story later, that was pretty funny though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From what Armando tells me, um, it just seemed like uh, Armando was the one who had the conversation with him. And the whole point of talking to him was um, we wanted to go in like on a partnership, not, you know, not with this particular person being in charge, leading and doing all this stuff, but that's the kind of person that he happens to be. So when we got rejected, me and Armando talked about it with one another. We said, you know what? I think it's kind of a good thing because um, we didn't want anyone, not just this person, but anybody taking control of what me and Armando were going to do. So we, so we said, you know what? It's kind of good that he doesn't want to do it. We wanted him to be a part of it, but it's kind of good that he, that he doesn't want to do it because we think he's going to block us a little bit, if you will. Um, he's going to set, he's going to, it was going to be a, it was going to be a limiting force. Exactly. We, we were going to put in a, in a particular box. We were going to get put in a particular box or a particular funnel. And we were only going to have to talk about what this particular person wants us to talk about. And that's not what we wanted at all. Again, we didn't want a boss. We didn't want a leader. You know, me and Armando, we're partners. We talk about things. If there's something I don't like or that I like, Armando listens to me and we find some common ground. And if there's something he doesn't like or he likes, I listen to him and we find some common ground. We're, nobody's bossing each other around here. We're partners. And this particular person wasn't taking it that way. So we're kind of glad that he didn't want to do it, you know? And it was funny because Joe, to Joe's credit, he was saying, it's like, dude, I think a couple months before this conversation with that person happened, he, um, Joe was telling me, he's like, you know what, man, this should be our project. This, this should probably be our project. And I really wanted it to be our project because just knowing how, you know, people in his position, what their mentality is, they want to be the boss and they want to control everything. I don't like that. And at, at least not for this, you know, if I was working for that person, absolutely. It is what it is. You know, you, you work for them, you do as you're told, you know, you, you, you take care of the tasks that they need, that they need you to accomplish and you do it the way that they want you to do it. But in this particular case where this has nothing to do with that, I wanted it to be me and you, man, so we can build something. Yeah. Cause we're creative and this is something that we, that we, we wanted to sink our teeth into. So, <laughs> so so I said that Joe figured into the story later. Hmm. So I, I spent the night at his place because the next day we were working Thanksgiving, which is something that we forgot to mention in the Thanksgiving episode. Oh yeah, the turkey blaster. Turkey blaster. We were working that. We we're working that day. I, I we we leave for the we leave for his place, and I, and I told Joe I was like, "Hey Joe, I, I talked to um I, I talked to the talked to said person." And Joe, and Joe looks at me, he's like, man, why the hell would you talk to him? <laughs> what the hell were you thinking, dude? What the hell were you thinking? I was like, well, I figured that maybe, he, like, with this, because he has a bigger platform, he can help it. He's like, and he looks at me, he's like, nah, bro, we'll, we'll, build, our, we'll build our shit, man. Like, what the hell were you thinking? It's our thing. You know, I, I'm just the kind of person where, where I don't mind getting help from people. But, but I, I like, I want people to respect me, you know, because yeah. when, when people help you too much and it, it's to an extent, it depends on who you're dealing with. But when people help you too much, 
they they don't respect you. They look down on you. And I don't like that. I like to earn people's respect. That's why I was like, nah, you shouldn't. It should just be me and you. Let's build it from the ground up so nobody can say, you know what? Uh, you know, I, I gave you scraps off my plate. I don't want to hear that. Yeah, it's a, it was a good thing. I just remember this guy. This guy looking at me and saying, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, all right, what happened? Let me hear it. What happened? Let's hear it. I told him the story. He's like, good. That was the best thing that could have happened. <laughs> and it was, and truthfully, it was. It, and um, we'll continue the second part later on in, in, in this uh, event. But that's where the podcast started. So that was roughly, so that was about a year in the making before we started confirming that we had to do it ourselves. And so right now we're in December, 2019. So that would be, that would be when we were at our busiest, everybody's excited. New decade is coming, new, new year is coming. We're like, and Joe and I are like, man, we're going to be, this is going to be a brand new year, a brand new decade of accomplishment, something new that we're going to be ready for. We're all excited about it. But there was something that hit Wuhan, China, and it got to the news everywhere. And that was COVID. Hey, surprise me. Hey, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're not going to call it COVID on here. We're going to call it the Rona. The Rona. Okay, let's call it the Rona. <laughs> no, I'm playing. Oh, you got me excited for a while, bro. <laughs> Go ahead, my bad. Continue. <laughs> Anyways, um, we started. So it figures into the story. Well, I mean, that's probably the biggest story of the year, really. But yeah. this is where it started, right? And I remember I was teaching, I, I was teaching a boxing class to kids to high school, like younger kids to high school kids. And one of the, one of the, one of the girls in the class who is very intelligent, she's very, very well-spoken. And she was like, you know, have you heard it? She's like, have you heard of this coronavirus? And I was like, yeah, I heard, I heard some stuff about it. And she goes, um, well, did you, do you realize that in the every century during the decades of the 20s, there's always been an illness. So she mentioned the bubonic plague, which also happened in the 20s. Then the Spanish flu happened roughly around. So that was 1918, but it lasted until 2021 or 1921, I'm sorry. And then she's like, this might be our version of, of a certain, of an of a epidemic. And I go like, wow that sounds kind of dark she's like yeah i know but it's possible it, it's kind of scary to think that that it's happened consistently during this decade so she's saying that she's like 17 years old i'm like you are very you are very smart and she goes and she and she just smiles and she says thank you but she's like but she goes that's kind of scary to think about that that could actually affect us and then Fast forward, you know, stuff happens. And I, I remember that was when, when I started getting ideas about about the Rona, as, we, as JoJo says. And um, that's when Joe and I started doing the, <laughs> that's when Joe and I would start messing with people about it. And nobody was taking it serious, of course. And 
well, look at where we are now and you see why people, and you see how we obviously don't win. But while I was, while I was still teaching classes over in, 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 at the gym in December, going into the holidays, uh, Joe, you had a, you were able to get away for a while, right? During that time or in early January. Yeah, actually. Um, so me and my boys, I got, I got a couple boys. They've been out in Cali for a long time. Uh, one of them has been out here since he was a kid. Um, and the other one's been out here for six, seven years now, but that, th uh, initially they were, they're both from Arizona and we were going to go back to Arizona, um, to uh tucson where they're from and they asked me if i wanted to go because they were going to take a road trip out there and go visit some family go see their cousins one of their cousins was getting married um and mind you um one of one of my boys they've both been friends with me for a very long time the one who just recently moved out here for the past six seven years my boy david uh, me and him got really close since he's been out here um and then my boy serge he's been my friend since we were like 14 since i first moved out to uh about 14 15 since i moved first moved out to Patterson from San Jose. Um, and me and him have just always been real tight, man, really good, cl close friends. So um, you were friends with them before, before you met me, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was friends with them before I met you. Just um, not too long before, but yeah, around that time. Yeah, about maybe like, I don't know, uh, a year, maybe less than a year. So not too long before. No, not too long. Not too long. But, um, you know, me and him have always been really tight. And my boy David is his cousin. So moved out here, you know. I just got to know him from being from being friends with Serge, and we all just got real close. They know my family, my brothers. You know, we're just boys, right? So, they asked me if I wanted to go with them. I was like, "Yeah, let's go." So we took a little road trip. It was cool driving out there. We went out there for New Year's. We actually got to Tucson um, right at midnight. We pulled up to downtown nice. right at midnight, bro. Like maybe, maybe, maybe like 15, 20 minutes after. So we kind of missed the show. We kind of missed the going out and partying. It was all good though. We were there for other reasons, but we spent our whole New Year's Eve driving out there to make it. Um, and I just had a good time out there. We, we went out into the desert with um, my boy David's brother. You know, he took a shooting, shot some handguns, some AR-15s, um, a couple other assault rifles. We had a good time, man. It was fun. Um, I got to meet their family, their cousins at the wedding. That was cool. It was a fun party. Got to dance with him. His uh, cousin was uh, very hospitable, kept us into the house, you know, didn't charge us nothing, man. And it was his, his wedding, his wedding, uh, you know, day. So that was awesome. Um, cool. we, we went out to the gym. We went out to hikes. I mean, we were just chilling, bro. It was, it was cool. I really enjoyed it. We even went out to a couple clubs out there, like, uh, like little nightclubs, right? Mm -hmm. Mind you. Mind you, uh, in downtown um, downtown Tucson by uh, um, Arizona University, ASU, and uh, this was already when the Rona was already out here, right? It just wasn't a big deal. Just wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a big deal. But I was out there for New Year's. I had a blast. Had an awesome time. Then ended up coming back to Cali, and that's when you know the New Year started to unfold. My year started off awesome because I was out there for that trip. It was dope and uh, came back to Cali and then, you know, everything starts to happen. Oh man. Going back to that time, we're, like, we're so excited about that new year. And then we're working the holidays. We're working, we work Christmas Eve. 
Then you work the New Year's. And then New Year's comes and we're just like, yeah, New Year. And Joe, Joe was talking about um, solo going, celebrating at the clubs and partying on New Year's. I'm like, well, I, I've done that before. And let me just say, probably best to do it at home. It gets expensive that night, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially, especially on that day, they they like, uh, you know, up the prices on the drinks. They have to, dude, that's the most I've ever paid for an Uber. Oh, yeah. For one of the one of those, what was it the uh, the Uber pools at the time, like where they where they the cheaper option where they don't drop you off at home, but they drop you off close to close to home. Man, that was <clears throat> so. If I were to give you where I was uh, partying at the in San Francisco, I did I made the mistake in 2019, and I went over to. Uh, to visit Darrow. So I was partying out over there. I, I took the I took the car out there. And then when I came back on my way back home, I was actually over by, by the Presidio area. Uh-huh. So that's maybe $21 max for an Uber pool. On an, even on a night like where you where you're partying like that, where the prices are up. Nah, dude, that night I paid close to $60. Oh, on, on uh, New Year's Eve? Yeah. I'm, yeah, dude. Uh, on New Year's, fucking, uh, I was, that was, that was insane. That cleaned me out, man. I was. They know what they're doing. People are partying, people doing. are drinking. You know what? We're going to, we're going to triple the price. Yeah, they, tri- they, they, they cleaned me out that night. And that was on a pool, man. That wasn't on a regular Uber X. <clears throat> so it was, um, it was insane. And. Going into New Year's, man, I, I remember I was like, man, I'm excited about this. My first full year as a trainer. Things are going well at the time. Um, and one of the things that we have over at, at our at our own at our gym is that we have this event called every it's always it's usually during the first weekend of uh, the new year. It's called the client appreciation party. And we had our client appreciation party and uh your boy has such a good time. He doesn't remember all of it. <laughs> um, I left early that night. Yeah, you left. Yeah, well, what a shock, right? What does that mean? <laughs> you always leave early, bro. Well, that's because I got it. things to do, bro. But here's the here's the here's the silver lining in that though. When Joe leaves early, that means that the party's about to start. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad you had a good time. That's why we, that's why we always have Joe in the show. <laughs> and um, so, if I were to be completely honest, dude, like that was a blast. Everybody's having a good time. That party but was popping. It was popping. I don't remember everything, but I do remember. Uh, but everybody also told me the day afterwards and the weeks following, you had a good time that night. So. <laughs> Um, <laughs> other, and other people are telling you, you know, it's true. You know, it's true. So, um, it was a, it was a fun night. However, that was also probably our first break, first running with, uh, with COVID because the t- t- two days after that, the day after I'm completely fine. I'm okay. But that Monday, I start at the at the gym. I kid you not, dude. I started falling ill like 
facts. I remember you came in not looking so good. And I was and I was okay in the morning. I was I was decent. And then that evening when we when when I was finishing up, dude, I was I was a corpse, dude. I, there was no reason. There, I was I couldn't stop coughing. Um, my nose got runny, and I started getting this insane fever. And it started. I had to leave. And I kid you not, dude. I, I'm sitting. I'm writing. I'm writing Bart home, and I was, I'm just sitting there, and I'm just like getting warmer and warmer and warmer. Like it was insane, dude. I was the 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 fever that I was feeling was was um, getting worse by the minute, like literally worse by the minute, and we I get home. My sister um, is like, hey, do you want me to bring some food home? And I, because she was not her honeymoon. And she was coming back that night. And she's like, hey, do you want me to bring some food home? And I'm like, honestly, I'm not feeling good. I, I really don't feel well to eat anything. I was, it was that bad. But what I didn't anticipate though was that the fever was going to last several days. Like the, the fever was insane. Dude. I was, and we had this um, for boxing and barbell. Shout out to Kerry Williams. And I can tell this now because it's been months afterwards, and now we know what the hell's going on. So who's who's Kerry Williams, Armando, and what's boxing and barbells? Boxing and barbells is her certification, and she is one of the most badass boxing instructors of all time. All right. That's not just me trying to stack up to her. That's just me telling us like like it is. Shout out to Kerry. That's what's up. Shout out to Carrie. And um, to her credit, like that day, looking back on it, man, if I had if I had a redo, I would have said, don't go. Because at the time I thought I had a flu. And I warned her about it. I was like, I have a flu. She's like, it's okay. Just if you need to take a break, go ahead and step out. Nah, that wasn't a flu, man. That shit was COVID. Quick like, question. So you believe it to be COVID, right? But you never actually got tested for it. Yeah, that was back in January. So we didn't have the test back then. Okay. I'm, I'm but, just I'm trying to clarify. That's all. But but it was one of the worst, quote unquote, colds you've ever gotten. Yes. And, and the symptoms matched COVID, right? Yes. Especially later on, because um, I get to, at the end. I ended up losing my uh, sense of smell. Got you. Okay. So you probably did have it then. So I did have it. I, I think I did. But the thing is, because I didn't test, I'm like, I'm not sure if I did. And so, and because I live with a senior citizen, it's like you put her at risk too. Mm -hmm. So somehow she didn't get it back then. But um, my sister, my sister got it and she was put out for, for a little while at one point. But we, um, but yeah, I, I talked to Carrie. I was like, hey, um, I'm a little sick. So I'm, I'm still getting over something. I'm saying I'm a little sick when I'm reality. I'm like deathbed. <laughs> I'm sweating up a storm and it's freezing cold over here. It was like freaking 47 degrees out here. Freezing cold. And I'm sweating up 
I'm sweating like this in the middle of summer. And I'm telling, and, and my nephew and I were going to this and, and my nephew calls me up. He goes, hey, you want me to come pick you up? Part of me is like, yeah, so I could go get a ride, right? But at the same time, I'm like, I don't think I don't think I should be near him. So I told him about it. He's like, yeah, you know what? You probably shouldn't be near me then. Because, and then funny enough, that day that we actually get to the uh, building, to Biden McKay, San Francisco, I see, I see Junior. And Junior looks at me, he's like, dude, you look like death. <laughs> It's like, you look like death. I was like, I feel like death. And um, yeah, man, I don't know how I got through that. I just remember there was this uh, corner where the air conditioning is. Mm-hmm. I kept going over it because I couldn't stop, um, because I couldn't, um, I was just trying not to pass out. And it wasn't even passing out because I was worn out by the, the exercise. Mm-hmm. It was worn out because my body was just getting its ass kicked by this virus. Somebody else was sick that day too, and they, I don't know if they had it, but they were definitely sick. Their voice was all jacked up. And uh, I remember afterwards thinking, I'm like, like in months since, I'm like, I, I had COVID. I feel horrible about that, but it's like now it's there's nothing we can do about it now. It's, at the time, we didn't know much about it. Why do you why, why do you feel horrible about it? Looking back on that story, because I exposed people to an illness that that could have killed them. There was a lot of people there. Well, like you said, so looking back on it, you feel bad about it, but we didn't even know at the time that that COVID was being spread over here. I mean, people had a feeling, but people didn't know. Um, and we didn't know anything about it either, remember? So like, like yeah. just like you said, so, I mean, it's that's in the past, big dog. Yeah, so I mean, that was the biggest, uh, that was the biggest thing. And also I remember some people after that party ended up getting sick too. So, and, and among them was, uh, and Junior got sick the week after I came back. And here's the thing, when I came back, I still wasn't feeling right. I remember actually working out with you and I tried boxing. I remember I was doing something that was simple and then out of nowhere, it was just like, I I started getting dizzy. Yeah, that's right. No, see, I mean, it it probably got passed around at the party. So maybe, maybe it's a good thing I left early. (laughs) The one one time you leave early at the right time. But it was, it was crazy because I, I think, um, some of our coworkers actually ended up being sick after the party. And um, among them, it, might, it wasn't immediately after the party, but it was not long after I came back, um, Junior got sick, my nephew got sick. Mm-hmm. And he's also convinced that he had Rona. At the time I was like, no, nah, we didn't have Rona because I was in denial about it. But looking back on it, I was like, we probably did have it. Because it was, it took me a while to it took me a while to actually um, function normally again. I wasn't, so I got sick in mid-January. I wasn't right until maybe mid-February, dude. Granted, so in February, it wasn't until February that I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm okay again. I'm, I'm fine. I'm starting to get back. And uh, 
so yeah that, that was a that was looking back on it, i was like yeah I had, this dude I, like i had covid man that was there was no way that was the worst illness i ever had my body was in severe pain my upper body you talked about this before mm-hmm. it's not soreness dude you, like everything hurts like yeah it was like everything was like a, like my 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 abdomens and my abdomen and my ribs my thoracic and like my my like the my my torso was just in severe pain like breathing was just a chore i never spent so much energy in trying to breathe it's kind of like well i think it is this your 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 nervous system kind of slows down and it's kind of telling your body to just in a sense, like harden like a shell. So it makes it hard for you to breathe. And when you're breathing in, your ribs can't expand, your tissues don't expand. So it even hurts to breathe, but it's not the kind of sore, like you said, right? Remember when you asked me, oh, so it's like sore, like you just got like a crazy workout at the gym. Nah, it's, no, not, no. it's not like that. It's it just, hurts. it's different. It's hard to explain, but yeah, your whole body just aches. And, it, and, it, and you don't even want to cough. That's the thing. It hurts ah. bad to cough. And I remember, um, just that feeling of just when you try to move, like the worst part for me though was at night I would try to sleep, but I was coughing so bad and it was so hard for me to breathe. I couldn't sleep. There was a couple of nights where I just went like the whole night without sleeping because and I was just drenched in sweat. I had to, like my bed sheets were just drenched in it, it was it was really bad dude and i was i was burning uh, so many calories just because of the fact that i was trying to breathe mm-hmm. i was and in my covers just sweating bro <laughs> it was horrible wasn't it like it, it, it was the we'll get to yours in a little bit because we're not there yet but because yours is a hell of a story we kind of told your story already no that's kind of chill i think we can skip over that <laughs> yeah so we kind of we told your story already and that was a yeah. that was a big one but I think um, the thing that was funny about the, but going back to the boxing and barbell, so the day, the day after, so it, that was a good day. That was chill. You know, I, I got to know some more people. I got to know the, the other gyms and they, they also said that they saw me that night at, at the client appreciation party. So I think they knew me a little before that. Funny enough, but <laughs> um, that was, so it was it was cool um getting to know the other people getting to know the other trainers Mm -hmm. however the as good sometimes good things come to an end right but unfortunately what happened the day afterwards was was january 26 2020 and that was the death of the black mamba kobe damn dude like that shit was so fucking sad. It was just crazy to hear how, man, you know, going back, we told you there's going to be a lot of, a lot of minuses this year, but yeah, we'll, was... we'll, get, we'll get to the pluses. We'll get to the positives, but Kobe's passing his death was just crazy. Um, obviously, you know, the sports world was just shook. Um, people that he played with, you know, fans like us, little kids, 
little kids right now that know about Kobe, I mean, everybody's just was devastated. It took the sports world by storm, not in a good way. Um, yeah. It's crazy to hear how the way he, the way it happened, you know, him, he gets a helicopter, which he's been riding for a long time to, you know, to, to practices. And he's taking his, his baby girl, Gigi to practice. And that day, something happened with the plane and it goes down. That was, I remember, I think it was Rob that sent us a text that morning. Yeah, it was. And he goes, hey, um, I, I think that uh, Kobe might be dead. And I just, and I'm like, what? who reported that? And it was TMZ. So that's the reason why everybody was like. Kind of suspicious. Suspicious about it, right? And that's why I was like, man, fuck that, man. That's not true. And then later on, Dave confirms it. Dave is also one of our boys that was originally going to be on the, that actually talked about the pot in the beginning with the uh, podcast. Yeah. Actually being part of it. And uh, we were talking about the, uh, we we're talking about Kobe and we're like, he's like, nah, man, Kobe, Kobe's gone. And it was on all the outlets afterwards. So TMZ was the first to report it, but then it started to appear everywhere. It was on uh, TNT reported it. Um, Bleacher Report. It was oh, just, so, it was surreal, man. It was hard to believe. Like, what? Like, Kobe's not supposed to fucking die. That's Kobe. Yeah, dude, like, Kobe would kill death before death kills him. Black Mamba with that, with that killer instinct on the court, baby. And when it happened, when it happened, though, I was like, it, it that was probably the first sign that 2020 was going to be, it was going to be a, a crazy ass year. But we didn't realize it. We didn't realize it. We're just like, damn, that's crazy. And, you know, with everything that was already happening, it just kind of seemed, again, minus after minus after minus after minus. And we'll we'll get to the pluses in between, because like Armando said at the beginning of the show, there is always silver linings. It depends on your perception of things. But it wasn't looking too good when that was going on. No, and then the, the, the thing is that, 2020 for us started out. So you guys know we're Niner fans. You guys have seen me a couple of times wearing Niner jerseys on here. Oh yeah, here we go. Oh, here we go. I'm sorry, Joe. Oh, I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to either, but because we're talking about Kobe, so the Niners were in the Super Bowl. The Niners were in the Super Bowl, and when Kobe died, it was such big news that that's all people were talking about at the Super Bowl. That's, that's not people were talking about anywhere, man. I mean, there was that big eulogy, and then you over at a Staples Center, you saw all the NBA players come out. It's like when when uh, Kobe passed, it was it hit us hard, man. Like I, I was, I'll admit that I wasn't always a huge Kobe fan, and it wasn't that when I was a when I was a kid. During the first run, I was a huge uh, Kobe fan. I had his jersey. I had the number eight. But then he had, then he became a villain, right? And I bought into it. Mm. So <laughs> I bought into it like everybody else, and I and I didn't like him. But then when he won his MVP, and then he he had that second run without Shaq, I was like, man, these la- these Lakers are good again, and they don't have Shaq. I'm like, man, you can't, you, you got to give it to Kobe then, right? 
And then they won one championship, then went back to back against the Celtics. And I was like, nah, man, I'm I'm back on the on the Kobe bandwagon because Kobe was just a legit. He was the closest thing to another Michael Jordan that we're gonna have. That's honestly my. He opinion. was the closest player ever to Michael Jordan. He ever. was the closest ever. Now you know, with with all due respect to LeBron, because I respect LeBron's game and too. and he's and he's definitely uh he's definitely transitioned the sport. Um, but you know, Kobe was the closest thing to Jordan for sure. If you know that there ever was, and especially the most important thing is that mentality. He had that killer instinct that Jordan has. And he was the kind that he was the kind that would go on walk onto the court, not only be confident in his game, mm-hmm. he, um, he wouldn't even like he wouldn't really talk to you, he wouldn't really say much. But he in his mind he'd be saying he'd be thinking about okay, how am I gonna kill this person when I think they did? You know, and obviously he meant that how am I gonna kill him on the court? How am I gonna beat him? Yeah. Obviously. The only difference, the biggest difference between the, the two, Jordan and uh, Kobe, was that Kobe knew how to trade it off. <laughs> yeah. Kobe, Kobe was, Kobe, when, he, when the game was over, Kobe was, Kobe was as chill as he came. Mm-hmm. But Jordan was, uh, Jordan, Jordan would like race you to the car on his parking lot, man. Just like, <laughs> there's a story with Jordan that uh, during the, during the Olympics, he lost a game of cards to this old lady. And the day afterward, the, the day after the morning after, he's like, he bangs on her door. He's like, I want another match. I want another match. And he wouldn't leave her until uh, he beat her. That dude's crazy. Anyways, going yeah, back to Kobe. Going back to Kobe. <laughs> he was, it, you, you gained it. When he retired and, and towards the, like, like towards the, um, when he became the Black Mamba, when he, when he changed, when he went from eight to 24, Mm-hmm. That's when I, that's when I think that he made the transformation to. That's when I started like noticing like how good he like. That's when I really appreciated him. It was kind of like like his evolution. You know what I mean? Because he was always really good, really skilled, young, athletic player on the court. He was and, always fighting. Yeah. He was a flashy player, but he was a guy that would dominate. And people go like, "Oh, well, he doesn't pass. He doesn't pass." I'm like. He's a shooting guard, but at the same time, like, I think that that was still overblown. And I think, like, especially when you watch that, when you watch the Pagasaw years, he was a team player. The only thing was that he had no problem calling you out. Yep. If you weren't doing your job, if you were missing your assignments. I And I think that. But I had such an appreciation for what he was saying because he was more of a motiv- he was a motivational speaker too. And when he would talk about mama mentality, people go like, think that they think that that's just a basketball thing." It's like, no, man, it's something that for for life. And that was something that I, I started adopting into my into my own life. It's like the mama mentality. How can I overcome this challenge? So I'll give you guys a backstory. So he started talking about mama mentality. Couple of years before he retired, and he did this interview, I think, or this uh, documentary called "Kobe Bryant's Muse." 
Mm-hmm. He talks about how mama mentality worked. How you how do you use it? At the time, I couldn't get into kinesiology. So he says, when you have a setback and you have something that challenges you, what is what is something that you can accomplish in that setback? And it got me thinking: is like, what can I accomplish in the setback? So at that time, when I couldn't get into kinesiology, I couldn't get into some of those classes. What I was taking care of was other prereqs, and I was taking care of other segments that I needed in my education. That in the end were were completely taken care of, and I didn't have to worry about when I was when I was finishing up classes. And I was, and it was so. Mambo mentality was a was a real thing, man. It, it was something that I, I I try to adopt. You know, growing up, man, um, because I was influenced by one of my uncles, I was actually a huge Laker fan when I was a little kid, like a little kid. And Kobe has always been my favorite player, always. I was fortunate enough to know who Jordan was um, because my other uncle's favorite team was the Bulls because when he was growing up in the 90s, Bulls were the shit, right? Mm-hmm. They were the shit. And, and, and who was the leader? Michael Jordan. So, so I knew who Jordan was. And the only reason I bring him up is because of what we said a little while ago. The closest player ever to Michael Jordan. If not, I would say he's our era's Michael Jordan. You feel what I'm saying? I agree. I he's, agree. He's our era's quote-unquote Michael Jordan, but he's the black mamba Kobe Bryant. You know? Number eight, number 24. And he's always been my favorite player, man. I Literally, everybody jokes about it nowadays, but literally when I was a kid, and I'm sure a lot of kids did this as well, you know, um, if I ever have, you know, uh, my brothers or my cousins on the show, every time we will ball up and I'll put up a shot. Kobe! Everybody does it, yeah. Everybody, everybody does, does it. it. But, but, but now it's kind of like a joke, right? But, you know, I'm sure when they were younger, you know, just like me when I was a kid, actually shooting that basketball. That's what I was th- saying. That's what I was thinking in my Everybody head. Everybody was saying, yeah. Boom. But, here's the, but I got to get a funny story with, with Joe, though. Go ahead, big dog. So, years ago, um, when uh, I think LeBron was still with the Heat at the time. And we were still in San Leandro. And I was like, who do you think is better, Jordan or LeBron? Joe, Joe turns at us and he goes, Kobe. <laughs> Come on, bro. And my brother's like, come on, man. Who, who do you really like? No, nah, for real, Kobe, man. Why the hell people overlook Kobe? He was Kobe. saying that 2012, 2013. And he's like, at the time, my brother was talking smack because um, because Kobe just tore his Achilles at that time. Yeah. And he's like, hey, Kobe won most of his finals. Yeah, that's, that's a, like, you know, not not trying to be a hater, but yeah, because people for the longest time people were saying, oh, he, oh, the only reason he won was because he had Shaq, was because he had Shaq. Then he won without Shaq. So what do you got to say? Yeah, exactly. So and then Kobe was a finisher too, man. He would he would actually do the game when he shots, man. He was the guy that you wanted with, for the buzzer beaters. So if, if he had that ball, you were in trouble. Yeah. And then so. Fast forward a couple of years later, LeBron gets uh, does the the takes the Cavs to the championship. Joe, who do you think is better, LeBron or Jordan? Kobe. <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. Hey, oh, so for people go like, oh, 
he's just saying that he's a Kobe fan because he dies. Like, no, this dude is always a Kobe fan. I've always been a Kobe fan since I was a kid, man. Um, and then, uh, you know, probably when I was like, I want to say freshman, junior, you know, Kobe was still my favorite player, but I'm like, you know what? Why do I like the Lakers? There's nothing wrong with them, but I didn't grow up in LA. You know yeah. what? I need to, I, I need to, I need to jump to my Warriors. So, but Kobe's always been my favorite player um, since I was a kid. And that mentality thing, the fact that how he, how he took that mentality into games, but how the, the more important thing is how he took that mentality throughout the rest of his life, even before he stepped on that court, right? His preparation, studying game film, essentially doing his homework, his job, training, working out. He even talks about the mama mentality in a few interviews and how that's helped him be a better husband after that whole scandal. Yep. And how that's helped him be a better father to his children. Yeah. Before he ended up passing. And everybody can see what kind of relationship he had with his daughter, Gigi. Everybody yeah. can see it. He was her mentor. He, he taught her everything that she knows when it comes to basketball. Like, you know, and his, and his wife, his wife, Vanessa, talks about how much better the relationship and how much closer they got after that whole thing. Yeah, that was, it was a big, it was a big thing, man. He was, uh, he made a mistake, man. He made a mistake and he owned up to it. Though. He, the thing about Kobe though was, so I mentioned earlier that he, that he became this villain. That's what he wanted at the time. He would talk about in interviews how when people booed him, he said that he loved it. He wanted people to boo him. He thrived off the energy. And then, but he, he said in an interview because this was his last year, he said all this, he says all this shit that's going on right now that people are giving me the standing ovations. If they did that to me back then, that would have killed me. <laughs> and it made me he laugh. He didn't have the mentality. Because it, 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 it didn't give him the mentality. So he was, yeah. it was, it made me laugh. He was like, if you guys gave me this standing, this standing applause, because at the time he also just uh, passed Jordan all time on the scoring list. And they gave him a huge standing ovation in Milwaukee. So he said, if you guys had done that back when I, during all those years that I was uh, playing, that would have killed me. But he was, he took an appreciate, but it was cool. Like seeing him come to, to Oracle arena, right. That last year he, he was, he gave a, he's sometimes he'll, he talked shit about all the other, all the other fan bases. Right. But it was really cool to see him talk about like how Oracle Arena was one of the always uh, harder arena to play in mm -hmm. because even when they weren't, even when they sucked, even when the he's like even when the Warriors sucked, they still showed up, man. And he said that that was that it was that's why he enjoyed playing there because even when they weren't good, that the atmosphere was still was still live, and he enjoyed that type of atmosphere, and it was. But rest in peace, Mama, man. That was that was that was the first sign that maybe that wasn't going to be a good year. Then we mentioned there earlier the Niners, but yeah, I'll let you talk. <laughs> well, that didn't feel so good getting our ass kicked in the Super Bowl. But after the last one, and then losing a couple NFC Championship games, you know, I'm a little—I hate to say it—but I'm a little used to it. Not that I expected it, but, you know, I expected my team to win, 
even though we were playing against Mahomes, who's a great quarterback, and the Chiefs are a great team, we even though we were 10. playing against them, huh? We were, we were up by 10. I mean, and then we end up blowing that lead. I mean, I'm not sure what happened, but we lost. And uh, it just teaches you how to lose, man. You got to learn how to lose in life. You got to learn how to take loss and learn from it. Losses are lessons, right? So um, it's okay. It's not a big deal. And, uh, you know, if I'm being real, I'm a huge sports fan, but I don't watch sports the way that I used to watch it. Um, so I'm kind of like, oh, whatever, you know, the Niners lost. It's all good. That's my team, but we lost. It is what it is. But there is a silver lining to that, though, because by that point, there were already cases here in the Bay Area. So if if they had won, there was going to be a massive parade over here in San Francisco. Yeah, and our population's a lot higher, Bay Area population, than Kansas City's is. So, you know. That would have been disaster. For sure. So, I, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe it was supposed to be like that, but yeah. maybe not. Maybe not because, you know, um, cases are still high in California right now. You know, we're back to the purple tier. So, which means yes, for those of you who are not in California, we have higher restrictions with uh, things that we can do. Uh, places that we can go, you know, outdoor activities, things like that, a lot more restrictions. But maybe at that time, if cases would have went up super high, there would have been a lot more deaths than there was because we didn't know much about it at that time. Yeah, it was it was a different situation back then. Uh, and we mentioned we mentioned we mentioned the Rona. At <laughs> this point, it was around it's around this point that um the 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 that it starts to like really spread worldwide mid-January, late January. That's when it starts like going out of Wuhan and starts coming over here. It was all over the place. It was already, you know, there were some discussions and debates that it was already in um, the U.S. about November, December. Yeah, there was, yeah, and especially since then, there's been a lot more evidence to support that. Yep. Um, but that's when it starts really getting coverage and after that happens, we start seeing some decline in mental health in terms of there's a lot of paranoia. Um, people were people were tripping about it. You know, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of uh, like you said, paranoia and a lot of urgency when it comes to stocking up on supplies. We'll get to that in a moment. Yeah. So. One of the things, so I was still, once I recovered, man, I was still going out. I was still going out on the weekends, bro. I was still having fun. I was still, I was still chilling. But one of the things I, and sometimes, sometimes like one of the weekends I went out um, in February, I, it was February. I did notice that one of the bars was a little dead. Hmm. crowd started to die down a little bit and then the following week the like about a week or two after that we go out again and then everything is packed so the clubs are packed everything's fine but in general the crowds are starting to um starting to decline a little bit they're starting to get a little diminish however the one that started to hurt was that at the gyms, they started to decline. Mm. 
so Joe, I don't know if you want to give the story. You want me to do it? Uh, I mean, we could both talk about it. I'll go first. Um, we were kind of, I think we were rolling, right? We were getting ready for our workout. Yeah. This was probably like last week of February, first week of March type of deal. Um, probably mid-February. Some, yes, yeah, some like that. I, I don't know. Some, somewhere around there leading up to March. Um, but I just started noticing that, well, everybody did, that um, there was a huge decline in the gym. So we're like, what's going on, right? Like people, there weren't as many people as usual in the classes. Um, personal training was kind of going down. People were like rescheduling or canceling sessions and the gym just looked dead. So one day we were rolling, getting ready for our workout. Um, rolling is a form of warming up and uh, we were rolling, foam rolling. I should release. Yeah. So, so we were getting our bodies ready, prepped up for our workout. And I was just kind of like, man, I just said it out loud. I was kind of thinking out loud, like, is it just me or has a gym, you know, been looking dead for like the past week or so? Like, where's everybody at? Yeah. And it was noticeable. It was noticeable because I started noticing that the boxing class that I taught, um, it would have, the kids would, would pack that, that class. So it was not unusual for, for us to have up to 14, 15 kids in that class. And the next thing I started noticing was barely five of them would start showing up or, and a lot of them would come, or a lot of them would end up getting sick. And it was just a complete, it was a complete difference from, from what it was a couple months earlier where everything was just, even the classes in primetime hours were declining. They weren't, they weren't nearly as packed as they were. So it started, and Joe and I at the time were, we'll admit it now, we didn't, we, we didn't pay, we didn't take it serious. At all. And we would do the, uh, and so Joe and I would just do the, we'd hug somebody and be like, oh, what's up, what's up? And then like give them a hug and, <clears throat> and then someone was, and then, to be like Rona, it was it, it was we do that a lot. We, or if we heard someone say, or if we heard someone cough, it was like, hey, you don't got the Rona, do you? You don't got the you know, Corona, do you? Yeah, we it was it was just a joke. We would you know shake people's hands, give them a hug, cough on their shoulder, and be like, sorry, I'm I think I got the Rona. You know, joking around, and you know, and like he said, we hear somebody sneeze, we hear somebody cough. Hey, you don't got the Rona, do you? You know, everybody would start laughing. It was always. It, it, it was a little joke, right? Because we just thought it was another form of a cold. It wasn't serious. And then, you know, things start coming out where it's people are ending up in the hospital where it's actually, you know, uh, becoming fatal, taking people's lives. And we're like, oh man, this, this, this ain't no joke. This is, this is serious. Yeah. So it started, it started um, to really start to change our minds, but the biggest, the last big event that we did before uh, before COVID really, or the Rona, before Rona really caused <laughs> quarantine, we went to a Kiss concert. Oh yeah, that was cool. I had a good time. That was a good, that was a great show. And it was, and looking back on it, man, that was around that point, that was when people were getting sick. Looking back on it, we probably shouldn't have gone there, but 
we, we all got out and skied. Mm-hmm. So that was about, that was like the first week of March. So it was less than, it was less than a week or two after that, that we, that, that the shutdown happened. But we started having like, from that conversation where Joe says, have you noticed, is it me or does this place look like it's dead? Cause we were having that conversation a lot. Joe and I would be at the gym Sometimes, and I remember once I was supposed to have a client. I was supposed to have a client that morning and she canceled out on me right as I got to the gym. So I just stayed there for the workout and I told him about it. He goes, dude, people have been canceling out on me too. Like, but, and it's not unusual for someone to like reschedule or, or have to reschedule for a different time. But he says, it's it's happening at an alarming rate. Like they're all happening at once. Even during flu season, cold and flu season, it doesn't happen. He goes, but and Joe is telling me he's like, but it's happening like in bunches right now. Because it, it wasn't just with me. So a handful of my clients were doing that too. But then I would talk to the other trainers in the gym. Like, yeah, I was supposed to have somebody right now too. They canceled. It was yeah. just, it was all across the board. Yeah. And then that's where, you know, started paying a little bit more attention to the news. And then we see what's going on with COVID. We're like, well, are people, are people scared to come into the gym because they're afraid to catch it? Because we haven't had any cases here or, you know, at least that we know of. Right. Oh. So, and then they actually said it. One of the, one of the main spreaders is getting into close congested areas where there's a bunch of people indoors, you know, and people are breathing heavy and they're like, well, one of those places is the gym. The gym could be a huge spreader. And we're like, that's probably why people are canceling. And then I think the next week or so is when, is when we started hearing rumors of a shutdown across yeah. the country. So one of the, so when this started getting bad, one of the longtime clients that we've had at our gym is Miss uh, Chapman. And we started having a conversation with her because she's a former nurse. She's a retired nurse. And she would, and she was telling us, she's like, and this was about a week, maybe the weekend before it actually happens. So keep in mind, this is how important this weekend is. We were about to, there's a lot that went, went, that uh, went down that weekend. And Joe and I are going to, are going to give you a good, good story on this. So, that Friday, we're talking with her, and she tells us there's going to be a curfew. I'm telling you, there's going to be a curfew. She's telling us there's going to be a, uh, a curfew, and Joe asks, what about a possible quarantine? They're already quarantining over in Wuhan. Because they were, they were, how long were they quarantining at that point? Like about two months? Two months, two and a half. Yeah. So, so then she goes, that might be possible. She says, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Who knows? That could probably happen sooner than we think. And Ms. Chapman is a realist. She, she does not BS with you. She will tell her like it is. So she starts telling us that. And Joe and I start going from, from messing with people about Corona to this might be serious 
So he and I are talking about it for like the next two days. And that was some of the realest conversations that we ever had, Joe. Oh yeah, we were just talking about what's gonna happen if there's a shutdown, um, because obviously training is our livelihood. And if we're not able to train people, what are we gonna do? Um, you know, I, at this point, I'm not even thinking, oh, government assistance, that, that never even crosses my mind at all. Our mind. I'm, we're thinking that if we can't sustain ourselves on our own two feet, which still seems to be the case that, you know, it's all bad for you. And so, we're all, and for that period, for like about a week or two before, before the actual shutdown happened, we're all thinking, Joe and I are actually discussing, like, I think we're, we might be training on borrowed time in terms of being at the gym and, and doing the classes and having all those people there. We might be on borrowed time right now. And uh, we had that conversation again that weekend. So March 16th was when we uh, we shut down. 17th. 17th? That, that Tuesday, yeah. So March, March 16th was the last day that we were at work. Monday. Mm-hmm. So that weekend before, he and I are talking. And um, Joe asked, Joe asked, do you think that, you know what, do you think that we should bring this up in the uh, group text? For, for the gym, all the trainers and, and everything. Do you think that we should, you think that I should bring it up, man? Because I don't want to, I don't want to start anything. I don't want them to freak, and I don't want them to freak out. And I'm like, well, we might end yeah. up having, it. and I was like, it, we might not have a choice. I was very hesitant to doing it. Because uh, our group chat at the time was very infamous for misconstruing what other people were saying through text message for whatever was going through their head at the time or whatever they were feeling. So I was a little hesitant because I didn't want to put myself in the situation with the team. Me neither. Uh, but Joe and I were just like, um, we, we might have to because <clears throat> we might have to because this is starting to become real. I, we, we kind of just decided like, you know what, I sh we should do it. And then me and Armando were talking, well, who should it be? I said, you know what, since I brought it up, I'll do it. Even though I might put myself in a situation with the group, I was like, it's better that, um, you know, my heart's in the right place. And I'm just trying to let people know like, hey, start planning for this to happen and see what you can do with uh, your current practice and how you can still treat your clients, your patients, um, and try to make it pass because I think I think we're about to go into a quarantine, into a lockdown, and it's going to get difficult. So you know, I decided to do it. I wrote a long text message out, and uh, what'd you think about the responses, Armando? <laughs> well, I guess I guess him laughing says it all. So I'll, I'll keep talking. Uh, the responses were like were like it's okay, calm down. You know, it's not the end of the world. They were kind of thinking that I was uh, like in a, in a huge frantic panic, which wasn't the case. I was just letting them know all the facts, everything I've been seeing on the news, um, doing, you know, a little bit of research online, seeing what was going on in China, what was going on across the, across the world. And I was letting them know this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. And there's a lot of talks of a shutdown. So I think we're, we're going, this is going to happen. 
And I was just trying to let them know. So plan ahead. You know, um, at the time, we didn't know what was going to happen. So, you know, everybody was thinking about taking a little bit of money out of the bank just to have some cash in case things start, you know, getting serious and everything starts closing up and you can't pull out money. Um, stocking up on food at the grocery store because we were seeing this happen everywhere. Groceries were getting cleaned out of toilet paper, canned foods, paper towels, disinfectant, sanitizer, all kinds of stuff to try to, you know, yeah. quote, unquote, fight the virus and be prepared to be in your home for a long time. If you guys noticed, in the lead up to this uh, event, we posted pictures of toilet paper aisles being emptied. What else? The uh, empty refrigerators at the store. And also all of the vitamin aisles, like the immune system boost being completely sold out. So I didn't take the one of the toilet paper aisle, but the other two pictures I did take. So let me give you a story on <clears throat> that picture of uh, the, the refrigerator aisle. It looks like a store that's about to go out of business. But that Target just literally opened maybe a week or two before that. Insane, isn't it? And going back to that group text, so I, I was laughing because I, I couldn't stop myself from, and, I, and it was really funny to look at it now. Because, but one of the, the, the comments that made me laugh, and I was like, oh my gosh, was positive vibes only. <laughs> Right. Like, come on you guys i'm like just listen to what he's saying because right now he's not it's not negative what he's saying he's telling realistic real shit you know you know what's funny people people talk about you know negative vibes so there's a difference between negative vibes and just telling you how it is there's a huge difference not everything's sunshine and rainbows and you know what I'm saying? Unicorns all over the place. Not everything. Real life isn't like that. So you got to be real with yourself. What is going on right now? You got to be real. And people yeah. don't like that. So and at that point, we were having a hard time finding toilet paper. So my sister somehow ended up getting a hold of some toilet paper. And she's like, you're going to take, take this to your, take this to, to your gym. And let me tell you, dude, that morning, March 16th, so after that disaster of the uh, the drama of the uh, group text, because man, that was just drama. I got that was, that was on Sunday, right? The that was on Sunday. Oh, and we forgot to mention. So, a couple of hours after, not even a couple of hours, probably about less than an hour after Joe uh, starts spitting some of this truth, Los Angeles gyms start closing. Well, Los Angeles businesses in general start closing and, and gyms start closing. And the only reason we knew was because uh, one of the trainers at our gym, uh, Rob Gomez, his cousin um, runs a, uh, I believe it's the dethrone fitness out yeah. there. Right. Mm -hmm. And they, and they closed down. And when that happened, that's when they started. Then all of a sudden, like you look back at that text and you see the, the tone change from, from uh, uh, Joe quit being melodramatic to, uh-oh. Now everybody else on the text is panicking. 
Now everybody else is panicking, and, and Joe's not trying to get everybody to panic. He's just like, "Hey, let's let's be ready. Let's um." It's it's a sense of what was it? Uh, voice of reason. He was you know, voice of reason. And I was I'll, like, I was like in the in the text, I kind of played down a little bit because. And he and I discussed this, like, if they start freaking out, play it down a little bit to where it's like, maybe we'll, and I start saying, like, maybe we're going to, we're probably going to have a curfew, maybe not a quarantine. But it was just like, but in our minds, we're just like, we might be working on borrowed time right now. That, that whole text message was, yeah, was, was just to get people ready. And when I say ready, they're not going to change their whole business in 24 hours no. or, or in 48 hours that you're, you're not going to be able to do that, you know? It was more, more so to get mentally prepared so that what comes after doesn't hit you as a shock. And then you can kind of figure out what you're going to do in the next week or so and how you're going to transition over from being a face-to-face -face business where you typically see people face-to-face -face and we're hands-on and how we're going to have to start doing things virtually like we're doing right now. And here's the thing, when Joe originally sent it, sent that text, and when we were talking about it, we did not anticipate that the shutdowns were going to happen that quickly. That quick. No. When when the LA businesses shut down, that came out of nowhere. It did. That that was that 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 did kind of hit like a shock initially, because like you said, I was kind of thinking maybe another week or so we, we were going to get more time. Yeah, we're going to get more time, but we didn't get no time. We it was just like we're shutting down. That's it. Yep. And. So now the day after that Monday. So we all ha I have I have an iPhone. At the time I just got a brand new iPhone. I felt more unsafe walking with toilet paper in a bag <laughs> than I ever did at any point carrying my phone. It was like you having jewelry and Jordans in the hood. <laughs> yes. Yes. Or Air Force Ones back in the day. It was you about to get jumped. They about to snatch them. It was insane, dude. I had to make sure that the bag didn't open up because if they saw that I had toilet paper, I could have gotten jumped. It was the most insane um, feeling of all time. I was like, I feel unsafe carrying this toilet paper. And so I get to the gym. And we had a pretty busy day that day. I was mostly busy that early afternoon morning, but I, I take care of my clients and uh, I have a break in between one, between one client, in between these two clients, I have a break. And Joe had, um, Joe and I were in downtime. And Joe was telling me, he's like, hey, you know, I was telling you that we might have to, we might, we might have to shut down. Stay tuned. And I was like, and I thought he was talking about maybe like the week after, right? But then in the middle, so I'm, he gets a, an, a he's doing a class at 12 and I have a client at 12, but this is so urgent and he doesn't have as many people in his class at, the, at this time. I think he had like maybe three people at the time. It was very low. It was very low. I have my client going. 
and he comes up to he comes up to me and my client. He says, "We might be shutting down today." And he shows me, and he he's like, "Here, check out my phone." And I read the text, and because one of his clients um, works closely with the local government, and she was giving him a heads up. And then after that, we, um, so after I read that and I show it to my client, he and I look at each other and we're like, like we're deflated. We're in shock. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get a good workout for my client in and he's getting a good workout, but it, we're still like, it's still like we can't unshake what's happening. It, it was, it, it hit, a, it, it got me pretty good and then he so then my client leaves joe finishes his class and in the hour that we're usually working out that's when the press conference uh goes on the air and they announce it shelter in place and <laughs> shelter in place is only going to be for two weeks no they said three is it three weeks yeah oh, three for three weeks until April 7th. Well, we'll be back. Don't worry. We'll be back in April 7th. We'll be back. Well, eight months later. Here we are. Here we are. And that was, um, man, that day, March 16th, 2020, man, that, that day will always go down in infamy, man. It was, uh, at the time, it was like surreal, you know, like any like anything else that was going on this year. But it was what it was, and then we had to try to figure things out. And we so and me and, and trying to figure stuff out, we ended up having this meeting two days afterwards, which, looking back on it, was a really bad idea because multiple people ended up getting sick in that meeting. Yep. We're not going to say who, but someone decided to go on, a, on an airplane and they got out the airplane and went straight back to the gym. Then a couple of days later, he's like, we're going to have an in-person meeting. We're going to talk about this program. And could we do this on Zoom? Yeah, but let's, we got to do it in person. Anyway, <laughs> we do it in person and we're, we're all, that was probably one of the more tense moments I've ever experienced over there. Cause it kind of seemed like everybody was like weary of being around so many people. Like after that happened, that if I were to give, if I were to give, um, Uh, the COVID uh, or the Rona um, paranoia in a nutshell, I would talk about that meeting. Hmm. Because when we got into that meeting, we were all interested in learning about this new program, but everybody was very uneasy. Everybody was very uncomfortable. And it was one of the more surreal moments because I think once the meeting was, was done, we were adjourned, everybody just wanted to leave. That was, and, and 
not to mention a couple of days afterwards, I, a couple of people ended up getting sick from that. Including the guy that I'm talking to right now. I got a real bad case of Rona. Surprise to me. You can go over if you want, but we can. But we also have it in the archives in the first episode. If you want to hear his case, if you want to hear what he went through, Joe gives you a very in-depth story about what he did, mm -hmm. how he felt. Yeah, I, I would say that. I would say if you guys want to listen to it, what is that? Episode one, Armando? Yep. Episode two? Okay, episode one. Episode one, COVID and home workouts. Go go check go check that out if you guys want to hear how I went through it. I'm not gonna say it again. We got a whole we got a whole episode on it, so go check that out. So if you guys want to but if you guys want to hear the whole story on that, yeah, it's that's that's the episode. We have changed, we have thankfully grown a lot since that first episode, but bear with us in that first episode. <laughs> I think it was cool. It was chill. Cool. But yeah, he got COVID. Um the team meeting ended up being kind of a a spreader yeah look, looking looking back on it we could have just done like a conference call it didn't even have to be zoom or or google meets or whatever y'all are using out there because there's so many platforms now but it could have just been phone phone call you know multiple uh, mul multiple way phone call it, 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 it ended up being it ended up going down the and the funny thing was we were supposed to have another meeting the day afterwards or two days afterwards and something happened. Uh, uh, one of our uh, coworkers had an emergency, and then also uh, my brother ended up getting testing positive. So the meeting was effectively over. But it was um, one of the more surreal times that I, I think that um, I've ever experienced because. I never thought that there would be such a shortage of toilet paper in my life, man. I've never seen so many people get crazy over toilet paper. Water was at a, as a shortage. Meat was at a shortage. I got a bidet. What was that? I got a bidet, so I'm good. Nice. <laughs> I'm just playing, but I know a lot of people who did, though. Smart decision. Yeah. And... So another funny story that goes into this though was about a week before we shut down, the schools were closed. And I got to give this story because it, it was such a heartbreak for me. So when my nephew, our boxing coach, Rob Osorio, and we even got Joe involved. What we decided to do was since all the schools were going to be shut down and the kids are not going to have much to do, we're like, let's do some small group training. We'll charge more, make some more money out of it. So we're thinking we're going to make some more money. We're going to be, we're like, we're all on cloud nine. It's like, hell yeah, we're going to have some more, we're going to have some more, um, more cash flowing, right? Another revenue. That didn't, that lasted maybe three days. Because I started advertising it because for those who don't know, I also run social media on body mechanics. And so I had to do an announcement of that. And the box, so myself, my nephew, Joe and, uh, and Rob Osorio, or, or the grandmaster, as I call him, 
we were like, let's do small groups. We'll do different groups, small group training, and we'll work with the kids and we'll do multiple boxing sessions. And her thing is like, man, we're going to be making some more money. Sweet, right? Like, we're all enjoying it. We're all happy. And then it ends. Just in the blink of an eye, just like that, it's over. So when we were thinking that maybe we could take advantage of the fact that the schools were closed and we could help the community, help the kids out, we get shut down. So it kind of defeats our purpose. And we, we, couldn't, do the, we couldn't train the kids. That was just brutal. That was a gut punch, man. That was horrible. Well, I mean, we didn't see that coming. We didn't know it was going to go. And then, you know, the fact that we were closed off for longer than three weeks, right? Because you kind of mentally prepare yourself. Okay, three weeks, you know, they're going to they're gonna check this out. We're going to figure this out, right? Not, not knowing all the, you know, not knowing all the details on what they had to do to actually figure this out, completely new virus. They had no idea what was going on. You know, we were kind of really, really hoping that somebody would figure it out soon. But I mean, even, even though it wasn't as soon as we thought that's actually too soon, the fact that now, right, I'm not going to get too ahead of myself, but now we have some vaccines coming out. What, nine, nine months later, eight months later yeah. is is still a crazy short amount of time for us to be figuring that out because the whole world is working together, at least the scientific community. So, so, so those three weeks go into three months until about summertime. And then people start coming out a little bit more. Restrictions technically aren't lifted, but people start coming out a little bit more. And during that time, I mean, let's talk a little bit about, about the mental health during that time. You know, kids not going to school, being stuck at home, um, adults working from home, trying to take care of their kids at the same time. A lot of people not having a job because their job was dealing with customers and people face to face. A lot of businesses being shut down. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that happened within that time span. And when summer hit, things were kind of kind of feeling a little bit better, like things were going to start going back to normal in a sense, right? But you know what was it crazy though? Before we go to the summer though, you know, people were still in denial about this, about the shutdown until primetime shows like Daily Show or like the, the late night interviews and even the news were starting to become more um, virtual. What do you mean by more virtual? They're already on TV. Well, because they usually film in the studio in front of an audience and the guests are there in the audience or are there in the studio. So what ended up happening was Jimmy Kimmel, uh, Trevor Noah, Stephen Colbert, they started filming in their house and they would record, they would do audio, they would do interviews over Zoom. Mm, okay. So when that shit started happening, that was, um, that was different. Because when that happened, that was when I started realizing that um, we're in a really different time now. Like, this is a bizarre time. Like, this is really unprecedented. When, I, when you start seeing the news outlets, when you start seeing primetime shows, when you start seeing sports shows, sports talk shows, they're all virtual. They're not, they're not in person anymore. Like, even right now, like, when you see the post the press conferences 
they're not in person. They're they're happening virtually. The biggest trip to me though was watching the NFL draft. That was trippy because you're what like usually that's an event that everybody's at the uh sometimes the players are staying at home and, and they're watching they're with their families, right? But a lot of them are mostly at the actual draft itself. Mm. In person. In person. Instead, Roger Goodell's calling it from his living room. There's usually an audience too at the draft. Exactly. Instead, Roger Goodell is in his living room and he's and he's calling all the players in his living room. You see, and the and the 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 visual that I'll never forget is watching Bill Belichick <laughs> working in his kitchen. What was he doing? <laughs> that's where he was. That's where he was making the call that he was going to draft whoever. Oh, that's what's up. And it was just like, like you're watching all of these players, all of these front office play people are they're in their offices or they're in their their homes, they're in their backyard, they're in their. It's just a different visual, man. It's like the most unique situation of all time, I'd say. And then the sports are shut down. Everything March, March Madness got canceled. Oh yeah. What? So what? What week is March Madness? Usually it's in the middle of March, something like that. So I think we may have shut down like the week of or the week before March Madness. Yeah. Technically, right, and 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 it's all in Vegas, right? Everybody gets together in Vegas, and they ball in Vegas. I, I think so. Maybe different areas. I'm not really familiar as much with March Madness, to be honest. Probably, like, I'm not familiar enough to know about it. Let me just say that. Or, or or maybe maybe I'm thinking about the gambling aspect of it. I know there's a lot of people who go out to Vegas to gamble on that during during that. Yep. So. March Madness was a, a surprise to see it canceled. Maybe not such a surprise because. You know, there was a, it, they couldn't because of what's happening with COVID, but it was still like, man, like surreal. Well, sports being shut down was like one of the craziest things to me. You know, it like, was, and it was it was really shocking to see that. But the one that was, and it doesn't even have to do with sports, but Disneyland has never closed, and. Hmm. See, so speaking of Disneyland and sports, right? It's crazy to me that they shut down, but I'm not surprised. Now that it's might crazy, come it's shock, yeah, that's that's the better way to put it because right? it's not surprising because of what happened. Yeah, but it's still like, what? What the hell? Like, and and this and this is why. Okay, I'm not surprised that all these things shut down because so many people gather together and they're trying to stop the spreading of the virus. So it's not surprising that it happened, but on the other hand, it's kind of crazy because these are these are things, Disneyland, all these sports gatherings, these are companies that make a lot of money during these things, right? The economy kind of gets boosted in this sense. People spend money on these things, a lot of money to go sporting events, to go to Disneyland, take their kids, whatever. So it was kind of, it was kind of shocking that it was serious to the point where these companies had to stop functioning the way that they were and all this money got put on hold. That's, that's why I was surprised. That's when you're like, man, this, this ain't no joke. These companies, you know, like the NFL, the NFL basically runs Sundays, 
You know, the NFL shuts down. All, the, all these things are shutting down. And that's when you're like, man, if they're going to stop all this money flow, this, this is very serious. Yeah. It's, it's because NBA was going to continue their season. And then Rudy Gobert tests positive for, for Coke, for uh, the Rona. Rudy Gobert's on, on, on the Utah Jazz? Yeah. He's okay. The, of the Utah Jazz. And he just, he was doing a press conference and he's playing with the microphones. And when that, and, Originally, Adam Silver goes, was uh, saying, we're just going to play in an empty arena. We're just going to take the season's empty arena. It's okay. Then he got sick. Not, not Adam Silver, but Rudy Gobert got sick. And a couple of other players on the Jazz got sick too. And that effectively postponed the, the season. Wow. And when that happened, then uh, spring training um, – was underway and they stopped sprint training. OTAs were on the were, were about to happen too, and they stopped OTAs. Mm-hmm. And that was um, that was a trip. That was a trip to see all of those all of those sports shutting down at once. Once Rudy Gobert got sick, it was it, like it was possible that they weren't even going to continue the season that point they didn't know what they were going to do but they we'll speak we'll, we'll get back to that in a moment but we'll get we'll, we'll return to the, the sports in a moment but it was like returning later on but it was just one of the watching sports get shut down watching disneyland close march madness get canceled and the primetime shows going virtual that was uh, that was very surreal. What a what a start to the new year, huh? What a start to the new year. <laughs> That's all in the first quarter. It's all in the first quarter, and it was there was so much um, there was so much to 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 like take to adjust to, you know, like it was. What did, what did you have a hard time adjusting with? Because I, I know what I had a hard time adjusting with, but I want to hear your, 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 your thoughts. My biggest thing, bro, was, was um, I didn't realize, you know, this is one of the things that you take for granted, right? I didn't realize because, because I'm at the gym so much, basically all day, almost every day, at least at that time, right? I was. For sure. Not anymore, obviously. But... At that time, I was at the gym so much, um, and I didn't realize how much the gym meant to my social life, to me socializing, talking to my clients, talking to other people's clients, um, and getting getting those human interactions, because that's very important, um, at least at least to me, you know. Yeah. Um, so, I didn't I didn't realize how uh, how important that was to me. Um, and what big of a deal that played in my life until it got taken away from me and I, and I wasn't doing that anymore. Same here. And I wasn't communicating with as many people and, and it became such a routine, right. To go to the gym, be at the gym. Yeah. It was, it took me a while to, um, break that habit of, oh, I gotta go to the gym. And it was, it was a necessity. It was just something that you, that you did every day. And for us to go training online that was that was such a hard thing to adjust to because people were 
people didn't believe in the online thing. People were very he- hesitant about how effective it was going to be. And it changed everything. You know, I, I think um, that was obviously a big, that, that was a big thing to adjust to. I think there was a lot of, a lot of misinformation out there, but we all. Misinformation really, regarding what? COVID and. Oh, how yeah. To do it. How well, I don't think it was purposely done. I think I think they were trying to figure it out and they were giving us what what they thought at the time. Well, let's some parts, some of the like some of the the uh, what the World Health Organization and CDC were saying, yeah, they were they they had some things that were a little wrong, but there was some other secondhand misinformation that was given out. That was oh, you're, oh, you're talking about the 45th. <laughs> yeah. I see him and him and his little his little posse. Yeah, his uh his bleach injections, right? <laughs> and what did what, what did he what did he say to drink so it can clear the run out of your system? Ooh. What was it? He I said forgot. disinfecting. Drink some some shit. Like, can you, can you use? Can you drink some disinfectant? Can you ingest some disinfectant to uh, help, help clear it? It's like. You're watching the doctor on the side and she's just like watching in horror. Like, what the hell? Oh boy, you're telling people to drink disinfectant. Oh, anyways. The, I did miss the routine of the gym. I did miss the camaraderie at the gym and, all, and talking to all the people there. It was always fun for me to be around everybody. But I think going virtual did mess mess with me though it messed with me because most of i didn't have a big client base at the time and that's nobody's fault i just started at the it was just starting at the wrong time you know Uh, i i wouldn't i wouldn't say you started at the wrong time you you were just starting because you had just graduated from school the year before so you you were just kind of getting settled in you know yeah i was getting and i was starting to catch fire at the time that we shut down right i was starting Mm -hmm. to to get a good role going. I had some people that were going to come in and then it, it just didn't work out. And, and it was just unfortunate. It was, and then a lot of them also were just like, they were affected heavily from the uh, shutdown. Mm-hmm. Some of them lost their jobs. Man, a, a lot of people did. Yeah. And a lot of our clients did. Yeah. So they were like, I, I can't pay for this. I want to, but I can't. And the other was that some of them just didn't want to do the online training or they didn't have the, the space to do online training. So they didn't have the equipment, they didn't have the space. So it was just like, okay then. So it was, it, it was the hand that I was dealt. At the time it was, it kind of hit me hard, but one of the things that I did during that time though is I, and I've done ever since is I've been working on different skills among them is podcasting and then also editing the show and I've been working on different parts of the trade you know and it's and it's worked out well too not just for for the for the show but also for for body mechanics it's also helped editing their, their stuff too oh yeah on the IG page and stuff yeah absolutely yeah. <clears throat> so so it's just something it, 
that's the one thing that I wanted to, to do in, in the quarantine was I wanted to see if I could develop a new skill, something, something a little more useful, right? But I, I think, um, and I've said this before, whether it's on whether it's on our Facebook posts or Instagram posts, on our stories, on previous episodes, I said this before. I think that this quarantine, what it did, a lot of people didn't do well with it because it exposed that they were unhappy with themselves and weren't happy with their own company. You know, I'm I'm gonna um, back that up by saying um, that yes, I believe that. Um, it, it kind of, so let me see, how, how, how would I put it? Let me put myself in that situation. So people know where I'm coming from. Right. Yeah. A lot of times I've had things going on with me and my head with my feelings that I tend to sweep under the rug. Like it's not that important. I don't have to deal with it, move on. And I don't let myself feel it, deal with it and understand those things. Right because I try to keep myself busy with my job and people that I'm trying to help, right? Instead of also trying to help myself. Um, and spending that time alone in quarantine, it gave me a, a, a lot of time to do a lot of self-reflection. I felt like I had already been doing that, but it kind of enhanced that mm -hmm. for me. Um, and, I, and I got more opportunity to look at myself in the mirror right? And deal with certain things that, um, again, I was sweeping under the rug that I wasn't really dealing with, you know, trying to trying to become a better person, a better man, a better trainer, you know, trying to become, um, you know, a better member of my family, um, a better, a better older brother, um, become a better mentor, become a better, pe a better person, um, being part of a team, being a better trainer and better mentor to my clients, also being um, somebody that they can also mentor because a lot of my clients are more mature than I am. They've had more life experiences and I had to be a better listener and learn from them. So I just got a chance to work on a lot of different things. And the point I'm trying to make is that's not always easy. And a lot of people sweep under the rug a lot further than I do. And they don't want to take that time to have to work on themselves because it's, it's kind of scary to see yourself in a different light and maybe, maybe have more, have more of a spotlight on your flaws and things that you need to improve on. So that's what it's done for me. And I could understand why other people, it's very difficult for them to do that. Yeah, that's a good point. And nobody really wants to look at themselves honestly. Right. And I'm guilty of that too, you know? We all are. <clears throat> so it's just one of those things where it really exposed us. If you're willing to look at yourself and willing to grow from it, the quarantine wasn't bad. But if you don't have that ability and you struggle being by yourself, struggle dealing with those, those issues, then quarantine sucks. And, you know, maybe not even to, to speak on, on something so deep, but just, you know, surface level, a lot of people rely on other people being around them. Like you were saying, yes. like learn how to just be present with yourself. And, and I heard, I've heard this somewhere else, tune into the boredom. It's okay to be bored and not do anything. 
and just kind of sit there. You don't always have to be doing something. And I struggle with that because I get anxiety too. You know, like, oh, I need to be doing this. I need to be doing that because I need to be growing. I need to be doing this. Sometimes growth is just chilling, bro, and just enjoying, enjoying the quietness and enjoying being alone. A lot of people can't do that also. Yeah, a lot of people can't enjoy their own company. They, they, they had to be around a crowd. They had to be around somebody else's energy. It's just something that you rely on somebody else for your own peace. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's something that a lot of people struggle with. And I think that those are the, um, I, I, like I say, I do go out. I, I do, I have dabbled in the partying in the past. I don't know we, if you know we all enjoy that. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know that. But we, the thing is though, like, I'm also the type of person that I can, I can say, you know what, I'm not going to go out. I'm, I'm going to just chill today. There's a lot of people that I've known that have to go out. They have to be out. They have to go out on the weekend. It's not even, a, <clears throat> like, they can't function without it. Mm-hmm. I've uh, I've been that person in the past too, man. And trying trying to switch up, you know, I'm more of a little bit of a, in a sense, like a hermit. But I'm a hermit that likes to socialize. I think I think most people, you have to find a balance, and most people don't have the balance. And don't get me wrong, I have yet to master it. I still I still sit down where I'm like I need to I need to just chill, and then I can't. No, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do this. I need to do that. That that happens too. So. It's a constant battle. And go ahead, big dog. I would say sometimes it's the opposite of me, like where I'm like, I'm showing too much and I need to get up and do something. I do that too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's tough, bro. It's hard. It's it's hard. But you it's gotta tough. do it. But you gotta yep. do it. You gotta do it. You know, it's like um during this time, like I just so and I'm not I'm not callous, I'm not cold to how some people are dealing with it. You know, I think. One of the things that unfortunately gets swept under the rug a little bit is agoraphobia, the fear of leaving the house. Well, with this happening, I think that's only made it worse for some people. I think that's pretty safe to say. It's, it's pretty understandable because a lot of those people that have that, um, like I know, I know a handful of people that have autoimmune disorders and yeah they're more susceptible to the virus in an you know, obviously in a negative way. And, you know, so they have that fear. They don't, they don't want to be around other people yeah. uh, because let, let's face it. Not everybody's even still other people are not taking it as seriously as they should. They're not respecting other people's wishes. Like, Hey, wear your mask around me. Don't, don't be around me. If you're not, if you're not going to wear your mask, you know, so other people aren't doing that. And I could see why people are afraid of it. Yeah, you understand it too, and and I think, and I think that one of the, the side effects of the uh, of the lockdown is that is increased agoraphobia. I think a lot of people have developed it. I can speak from my own experience. I remember back in I want to say May. I went out for I went out by myself for a chiropractor appointment. I think I gave this story before. But I don't remember at the time of my head. <clears throat> but, I don't remember. So you, so you could tell me. So it was, I had to go to the chiropractor. I was messed up. And I 
remember leaving the house. I'm in gloves. I have a mask on. I have a whole bunch of um, disinfectant, not disinfectant, but sanitizer on me. And I, I remember going to the like going to the chiropractic office, and I go in on my way over there. I'm thinking to myself, "Is like, what happened to me? Like, why am I so scared?" It was so surreal to be that fearful about approaching other people. And it was such an, and it was, I was thinking to myself, um, I don't have agoraphobia, but I could see this becoming a problem in society. <laughs> that people just don't want to leave their house because they don't want to get sick. I think a lot of people still have that right now to this day until until that vaccine starts coming out. Um, I also know um, a lot of people that aren't going to take the first batch. They're going to they're going to wait. Yeah, because it's, it's always risky with the vaccine, right? It's like you don't you, you don't know what's going to come with it. You know, the they're talking about the the clinical trials right now and how effective it is and how it's working and. And um, they say that, you know, there's no side effects thus far that they've seen, which is why it's getting pushed forward. Um, and they're also talking about by, uh, one of my clients told me this morning, um, by May, that one third of Americans could already be vaccinated by May. So that's, you know, we're, we're, we're moving forward um, with some pluses, right? Yeah. But um because they're saying by next summer, next fall, there might be a sense of normalcy back. It's, yeah. Which I hope it's by the summer because I love summer. I'm trying to go out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And when I say out, I'm not just talking about lounges and clubs. I'm, just, I'm trying to go outside. I'm trying to go to the beach. I'm trying to take road trips. I'm trying to get out the house. Okay. I was thinking about just clubs and stuff like that, too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 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 the beaches are cool, too. You know what I mean? I'm gonna I'm gonna play it safe and still keep my distance from people for a little while. I mean, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna be rushing because they're saying as soon as maybe even April that it could be fine. But yeah, so I'm, we're gonna we're gonna I, I think I might I don't think this will be right away. Let Let's hold our horses. Let's, let's not get ahead of horses, ourselves. Right? Let's not get ahead of ourselves because we've done that a couple of times, and have. so we. But another thing that happened this month, and we're gonna. We're not going to go in depth because if you want to hear us go in depth about this, you guys want to hear what we thought about it and everything, we will redirect you back to our unity and understanding episodes. The first one with our and also the ones that we did with Johnny L. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Johnny L, by the way. Johnny L. And, and shout out to Awa, too. For shout out to Awa. But Another thing that, that has kind of, um, and I think maybe quarantine exacerbated it, maybe or, or run, maybe the Rona did it. Yeah, bro, stop saying, stop saying COVID, bro. Nobody knows what you mean. It's the Rona, dog. Rona, baby. <laughs> but the deaths of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd hmm. really really exposed really exposed how flawed society was man just how different everybody thinks because what's that well 
go go ahead, bro. Finish your thoughts. I mean, we're not gonna give the whole backstory. I mean, Joe, if you want to, Joe, maybe you can break down quickly what what happened. We can break down quickly, but yeah, I could do that. Um, Ahmad Arbery was murdered by uh, two white men in well, what was in, in back in February? I think so. And then Brianna Taylor, which is still a very touchy subject, she was murdered in her bed back in March. I think that was in, um, I remember where it was at the top of my head. And then George Floyd was the big one in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Minneapolis. Those were all tragic events. And, and disgusting when you really think about it but if you really want to know like i said if you really want to know what we think about it and what how joe and i really what we what we think we redirected to the uh the unity understanding episodes those we talk about those those murders and this the situation surrounding it in depth but part one and part two part one and part two and all three episodes are are are, are worth it But what it did is it also, so it exposed how flaw society was and also exposed how diff, different mentalities are affecting society. And it goes, and we're not gonna go into politics too much either. We might have to in the second part, but for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. But, and, for those who so we 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 uh we dropped forty five, <laughs> we dropped a reference to forty five already. Um, those who support him are also kind of anti um, science, I guess you want to call it. They don't believe that the runner was real, but they also don't really buy into the uh, inequality thing. And so. COVID has kind of, be, or the Rona, I'm sorry, forgive me, Joe. <laughs> the Rona has kind of, has kind of uh, become a metaphor, I guess, or for how society is, views it. Because some people don't believe that, that racism is an issue. Some people don't believe that inequality is an issue. Just like some people don't believe that, that the Rona exists or that it's a problem. They think that it's a democratic hoax. They think that it's a hoax in general. But you look at the hospitals right now, you look at some of the hospitals, man, there's parking garages that are, they're using parking garages for hospital beds. You know, speaking on that, just going back a little bit, when the Rona was first, you know, uh, coming out and getting people, the news, the news was showing in, in New York that there were, I believe it was the Bronx in particular that was hit very hard. Yeah. Um, and people were, people were passing away. Right. Um, so may they rest in peace, but a lot of people were passing away and they literally had um, huge uh, uh, trailer trucks, you know, that were like freezers and they were putting, the bodies of these people in in the freezers because they had nowhere to put them and they were digging mass graves in new york to 
lay these people to rest because there were so many people and they didn't want to put them at the time they were so scared about how this virus spreads they did not want to put these bodies next to other people they didn't want people to go be there at the funeral so they were wrapping them up and digging mass graves and burying them all together which is um if you think about it extremely terrifying very sad um that their family couldn't even have a proper a proper funeral for them and even now that people are getting sick in the hospital now that cases you know were are rising or were rising in california um people cannot go visit you you can't have family and friends go visit you because they're afraid to spread it you can't visit people in the hospital right now because everyone's at risk yeah it's, i mean it's it's sad it's tragic and you know we're a little bit further along well a lot further along in the year right now it's december um but um again you know i learned a lot from my clients so one of my clients was also telling me that okay so most people that were passing and catching it were people with pre-existing conditions diabetics obese you know had other things going on with them a bunch of other stuff you know had respiratory issues to begin with asthma possibly they thought it was a, a respiratory illness it's actually not it's a it's an illness that attacks the bloodstream yeah yeah so it's it's completely different than what we thought and with that and with that being said there's also been people with pre-existing conditions that are catching it and they're asymptomatic and then there's people that are very healthy that kind of get put down for the count you know they they end up passing or they're just extremely sick for a long time so it really doesn't have like um like a particular group of people like we thought that it's really going after of course if you're healthier you're probably going to have a better chance yeah. but that's not that's not going to make you 100% safe from from the virus you know from getting sick or or from possibly passing away yeah cuz there's some people that are um they don't have they're still even when they're they recover after the two week period <clears throat> even after the two week period they uh they still have lingering problems yep it's it, so it, it, it can be problems that are lifelong right i believe yeah so like when i was when i got sick and i and i recovered i was still feeling my chest was still feeling kind of like heavy for a while and then now it's like uh i noticed that like one of my cousins he when he got sick he said that he was still he got sick back in july early august and he says that he's still feeling issues with it that he still doesn't feel right his chest he, he still can't breathe right that he he's still off he's still not he's still not right yeah and um i kind of wanted to go back and talk a little bit about amad brianna and george just to kind of okay. go over for people who aren't familiar so amad arbery he was a jogger i believe oh man i can't remember what state it was was it in georgia or was it in i don't remember what state it was yeah, so, i'm trying to remember too so so pardon me but so amad was jogging through a neighborhood man and um supposedly he went into um he went to go check out a house that was being built and technically in that state that's trespassing yeah it was in georgia okay it was in georgia okay so 
he went to go check out a house that was being built. Just look in there. He didn't do anything. He got out. These two guys thought, you know, they were the law and they got in their truck and chased them down. But he didn't do anything. He didn't take anything. He didn't steal anything. He didn't hurt anybody. He just went in to kind of walk around, look around. It was a house that was just being built. He keeps jogging. These guys chase him down. One of them attacks him and he has a gun. And, you know, anybody's going to run at you with a gun and they haven't shot you yet. You're going to try to fight them and take their firearm. Like, why are you following me? What's going on? So he tries to defend himself. Long story short, they end up shooting him. He ends up dying. Okay. Then Brianna Taylor um, in Kentucky. was in Kentucky. In her situation, uh, she was in her apartment with her boyfriend. They were sleeping. It was in the middle of the night. Um, a group of police officers, I don't remember how many, I think it was three, four? Yep, three. Okay, so three. Uh, they have a no-knock warrant. In Kentucky, that is legal. That's okay. A no-knock warrant, and they don't have to knock, and they also don't have to tell you who they are. So yeah. imagine you being Brianna Taylor in your bed sleep with your boyfriend, or you're the boyfriend, right? Um, and some, you just hear some people break into your house. And I guess when these police officers broke in, they started shooting. Okay. They started shooting. So if you are Brianna Taylor and her boyfriend in bed and you hear some people break into your house and it was a no knock warrant, you don't know that's the police. You just think somebody's breaking into your house. So he had a legal firearm himself. He pulled it out and started shooting back, not knowing that it was the police. Well, because he fired back, the police shot into the room ended up shooting Breonna Taylor as she was in bed, killing her, okay? Now, here's the kicker. These police officers had a warrant that was not for Breonna Taylor or her boyfriend. They were in the wrong apartment. The wrong apartment, okay? They were in the wrong apartment and they, they, got, they got more, they didn't get in trouble for killing her. They got in trouble because of other bullets that got into other apartments or something like that. I was Which was stupid. like, if that doesn't blow your mind that there is some racial <laughs> injustice and racial bias in our system, then, you know, with all due respect, you're kind of a lost cause if you don't see that. Because it, this, this, isn't the, this isn't the only situation. And this year isn't, doesn't have the only situation. There's plenty to go by in our past. Those are just the current symbols. Those are just yeah. the current symbols. But exactly, there's there's many like people go like, oh, we'll name someone from the past, Trayvon Martin, Oscar Grant, which is a Bay Area native, where we're at. Um, but you know, yeah, they're just your rice. Like, just it's not it's not just a, a current thing. It's an ongoing issue. It's just this year with with the quarantine and a lot of people were able to see it for and not ignore it, not have a distraction around it. Well, you know, um, next one, this is the kind of one that kind of, uh, you know, this one's the one that took the cake. This is the, this was the last straw where all these protests started happening because of this one. So George Floyd, right, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, he was at a grocery store and somebody in the grocery store, I think it was a clerk, um, I can't remember exactly who it was, but somebody called the police on him because supposedly he had um, a fraudulent check, right? 
So, which is technically illegal, it is a crime. You can be arrested for it and prosecuted for it. Okay, cool, fair enough. Police get there and they're being overly aggressive. And the reason why I say that is because I obviously wasn't there, but they were being overly aggressive because there is, a, there is footage of three police officers because George Floyd was a very tall man, right? Yeah. Three police officers being on top of his body, trying to hold him down because maybe possibly he was very strong. Fair enough, okay? However, the police officer that was on his upper body had his knee directly on his neck. And George Floyd repeatedly is telling the officer that he cannot breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. It's difficult for me to breathe. Police officer doesn't care. Mind you, George Floyd is already in handcuffs and there's two other cops on his feet and another one on his waist and lower back. His, his body's down. He's fine. He's handcuffed. He's down. Get off of his neck. Now, even if, I don't know for sure, but the story goes that he had a fraudulent check. Somebody can, can fact check me on this. I'm, I'm okay yeah. with that. A fraudulent check or a counterfeit, counterfeit uh, $20 bill or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Fine, fine, right? Fine. However, do you think that sort of treatment justifies that crime? Does the punishment fit the crime? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. So with that being on footage and, the, and people clearly seeing that this one particular police officer, but the rest of his posse as well, was treating this man that way. And they killed him. He was murdered, whether it was unintentional or intentional. That's not for me to say. That led to the last straw, and there was a huge outroar by the public in the US and internationally. There was protests going on in Australia, New Zealand, in Europe. I mean, you name it, it was crazy everywhere because people were finally seeing like what's going on. This, this, this can't be denied anymore. Even though I know people seen it back, back in the days with, um, you know, with the um, civil rights movement, but now it just continues to, to spiral up to show that now what's been going on in our society as far as systemic oppression has been abstract. Now it's not as clearly clear cut and easy to see, but it's there. It's so there. Oh, now, no. 45 didn't exactly help hiding it either, so. Yeah, uh, you know, number number 45, um, you know, I feel and a lot of people feel that he's created more division in our country than, than unity and understanding and cohesiveness. He's created a lot more divide with a lot of things. And these were some tragic events that showed a little bit more of that. And all this is happening while people have lost their jobs, the economy is slow, People were stuck at home, quarantined, so people are already very emotional, not in their right minds, you yeah. know, um, and and it just made things a lot more difficult um, among the virus, you know, and the pandemic being out right now. So because of all that, people got fed up and people hit the streets to protest. Is it possible that Corona got spread with that? It's possible. Absolutely. Possible. Absolutely possible. But it's also possible that it got spread with people protesting um, about the quarantine because they wanted to get their haircuts, marching to the state capitol with rifles and guns, not wearing masks, mm. complaining about 
the quarantine and things like that. And y'all could look this up, fact check me, go right ahead. And it's one of those things where like, it just exposed like how different it was. Like we, we mentioned 45 played a big part of it. <laughs> he was very, he's very divisive and he's, he likes to create that division, that chaos. And a lot of his followers are like, well, this isn't true. Like, yeah, he was, some of his followers were like, yeah, I would have done the same thing to, I would have done the same thing to George Floyd. Or some of them are like, some of them believe that he was murdered, murdered in cold blood, but they don't want to admit that there's a bigger systemic problem. So there's, a, and the thing is this all kind of people go like, what the hell does this have to do with COVID? What the hell does this have to do with the Rona? What the hell does this have to do well, the thing is that it's a main story of 2020. 2020 is, is what we're focused on, everybody. All this happened in 2020. And not only that, but it also has to do with the fact that if you really look at it, what did racism and, and COVID have in common? A lot of people don't believe that it exists unless it affects them. That's what it boils down to. And <clears throat> so what ended up happening also out of that was because sports were starting to come back towards that towards that period around June, one of the agreements the NBA was like, "We'll do the we'll do the bubble." By the way, for those people who don't know, the NBA what they decided to do was they took over one of the hotels over in Disney, and they played all their games over there. Disneyland the bubble, huh? Disney World, right? Disney World, I believe. Orlando. See, and. They just stayed in the hotel. They, they, they didn't leave the bubble, as they called it. But they did it on the conditions that they put Black Lives Matter on the uh, court and that they were able to put anything they wanted on the jerseys. Which, what did they decide to put? They decided to put names of victims, Black Lives Matter, which people are misinterpreting, have been misinterpreting. Yes. So... So there's a lot of, and unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are, that misinterpret what Black Lives Matter is about. There's some people that think that all, quote unquote, all lives matter. But like I said, if you want to know what we think about that, we redirect you to the Unity episodes. But with sports coming back, they all, all three leagues, Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NFL, they were all, they all wanted to speak out on this. They all wanted to speak out on the protest. They're like, let us use our platform to speak out against these prejudices. And due to that happening, some, like there was, what was the, um, so NBA was on the bubble, they put, Brianna Taylor, they said they put say her name on it on, on the jerseys. And MLB, they were they put Black Lives Matter on the field. And they also had protests when we'll get to that on the second half. Actually, that's that's too early. We'll talk about that on part two. Okay. But the fact is that they were using their their platform and athletes were speaking out. They were they were using their platform. And a lot of people who are don't like to mix quote unquote politics with sports, don't realize that there's a difference between politics 
and social issues. This is a social issue. And people were using their, a lot of celebrities were using their, their platforms. And that's one of the reasons why we created this show was we wanted to have a platform. And so we created our own platform. And you know, Armando, if I may, um, this has just been what I've observed. I could be completely wrong here, right? But it's just, this is my opinion. Yeah. I feel like when people say, oh, don't mix politics with sports or politics with anything else. Well, number one, politics affects everything. Okay. I thought we don't know enough about politics is the reason why a lot of people are are struggling right now. Like, look at, there's no stimulus yet because it's like, it's like Denise said in, in the moral dilemma, right? We have the government that we deserve. Politics affects everything. So that's number one. The other thing I want to add is the only reason people don't want to mix it up is because anything that has to do with politics usually has to do with profit. Okay, instead of doing what's actually right. It always has to do with profit instead of doing what's actually right for the people, for the majority. Yes. That, 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 is, that is the problem with politics. And I'm not attacking capitalism. Let's make, let's make sure I, I clarify that. I'm attacking politics as a whole. Anytime people want to make certain decisions, they can, they can only make those decisions if it's profitable. If it's not profitable, even if it's right for the people, then, then now you're, you're mixing you know, social issues with politics and that's a no-no. And it's funny that you mentioned that because that's, that's really what is, what's been affecting our economy. Like one of the things that was happening at that time when we were shut down, we should have, I would love to hear your thoughts on this because in my opinion, I don't think we properly quarantined. That's an interesting perspective. Tell me why. Because I think that a lot of other states refuse to quarantine. And I think look at how look at how Europe handled it and you hear the leadership come up with, oh, well, look at how these states are doing. It's like, well, they quarantined. They, mm -hmm. they actually took it serious. They're putting the, and, and that's, where, that's where there's a disconnect because they, they're more thinking about the economy over the health, not realizing that public health is what affects the economy. Does that make sense? That, make, that, that makes sense to me. I could see why you have that perspective. So it's like, if people don't feel safe out there, why the fuck would they go to work? Yeah, man. Or, or, I mean, there's a bunch of different ways to look at it. I could also see the other side, the people that are, that are concerned with the economy. I could, I can absolutely see that because there's and we, people that are... and it's, and it's valid. It's valid. Yeah. You have to, but you have to think of something that's going to be effective. And at the time, what was happening was, and I got to give, People are going to be like, well, Gavin Newsom went out and had dinner for, with a whole bunch of people. They're not lying. They're not lying. But here's the thing. When he was saying we should keep the, we were doing well when the cases started going down back in 
back in May, June, so etc. Right? Mm-hmm. It was starting to look pretty good at the time. The thing was, we all opened prematurely. And what that ended up doing. So everybody starts getting happy. We're opening again. But the real question is, this, there was pressure on it by the by the federal government. Oh, hey, you guys got to open this up. This is affecting the economy. And I think, and let me ask you, do you think that there was, that, that we quarantined effectively? Because honestly, I don't think we did. Man, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good question. And it's a tough question. I... That's what I'm here for. You know what, man? Um, I don't think, I don't think my opinion, I don't think I know enough about it to, to really say. Um, Cause like I said, I, I completely get where you're coming from. And I also completely get the other side that's worried about the economy because both, both are very important. People definitely have to be healthy in order for the economy to be functioning. Um, and at the same time, though, there's a lot of people out of work right now that aren't getting any help, like you said, and they're struggling. It's it's tough. That's and people got to understand too. We mentioned that it's not like everybody wants to stay home and do nothing. Yeah, people pe- people want to work. Um, people want to work. People want to be out. But the thing is, the truth is, we can't escape it, man. It, it, it's not safe to do it right now. And right now the cases are spiking. But at this point in time, everyone everything starts looking, everything starts to look up. Everything starts, and I think this is a good place to end it too. See, look, right here too, right? This is going 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 back to your question. Okay. I see both sides. This is where politics come into social issues, right? Maybe, maybe it's the same thing. Maybe I'm confusing the two. Maybe it's the same thing. But if politics weren't always about profit for them and more about what's right for the people, maybe we would have more in reserve to give people some help, to give people more money, to stimulate the economy in some way. But because everything is always for profit for those up top, not for the people, you know, because they want to be greedy, if it wasn't like that in these type of situations, maybe we would be able to get more stimulus checks or something. They would come up with something. It can help us, but bottom line, so we all start like we start finish we start entering the summer. I think this is a good place to finish it, right? Because I think so. We start entering the summer and everything starts looking on the up and up, right? Mm-hmm. NBA's gonna come back, MLB is coming back. The NFL is going to start getting ready without a pre without a preseason, so we're getting our wish. No preseason for the NFL, <laughs> but at least and the sports are coming back, and everything is starting to open up again. People are going outside, going to the beach, going to the park. Things things are looking nice. Nothing could go wrong, right? Nah, I don't think so. We'll see you guys next time. Later, squad. <laughs>